Welcome to the Get Up Podcast. Boom, 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 bam. I'm your host, Mark Hayford, coming at you like a kettlebell at a CrossFit party. Woo! Greatest day of your life, baby. It's Tuesday, March 1st, 3-1-22. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Hey, if you tuned in last week, you know what's coming up this week because this is part two of two unprecedented. We got live video on YouTube, a new New outstanding step for the Get Up podcast. And we also have the second part of me sitting down with the Matt Fury, who is a world a world champion martial arts. Uh, easy for you to say. A world champion martial artist, NCAA champion, right? Former, of course, author of many books. Sent me some autograph ones. So dope. It should be illegal. And let me tell you something. He is the president of the Psycho Cybernetics Foundation. So we're going to get into some hardcore mindset with him for the next 30 minutes. I hope you enjoy this episode as it is in progress, but let's just start off real quick. This way there's no interruptions all the way through. We'll give you 30 seconds of the Anchor Podcasting. Here we go. Get ready, Get Up Army. If you're listening here, this is part two. Let's rip into it. We're with Matt Fury. We just went through a whole cornucopia of mindset of what it takes to be a champion from different levels of breathing, vision, mindset, meditating, manifesting. I mean, there, there's so much here that's so good. I mean, this could be a day seminar and we're cramming it into a, you know, a video that we're trying to get in under an hour, but Matt, incredible story. You know, what's, what's really I've, I've been finding intriguing about all this is how even someone that has had success, we all go back to those human components. And a lot of those human components, you've, you've mentioned, you've talked about it. You've talked about fear. You've talked about um, just just the, the, I don't know if it's lack of self-confidence, but it's it's definitely that that creeping into the mindset of self-doubt. Um, you know, in, in the in the worst moments, right? Right when we're just about to achieve, and it's it's the acronym for fear, the false evidence appearing real. And so many people, what they want is just on the other side of that fear. You've broken through those barriers, and now you teach and train how to do it. You've been doing it for for decades. So I, I, I want to go here. I I, I want to. We went through all of your physical accomplishments and talked about the layers of how you achieve them through mindset. And now you teach other people to do this as being the, the president of the Psycho Cybernetics Foundation. I want to switch the gears and go right into here to dive into this. And I'm going to tell you, Matt, when I first, first of all, the book itself, written 1960 by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, 30 million copies, one of the biggest selling um, personal growth books of all time. Some people say think and grow rich. Some people say they are at a war. Many people, over 30 million strong, say Psycho Cybernetics. And what's crazy to me, first of all, the title in itself is so intimidating. I mean, there's so many words there. There's lots of syllables, Matt, right? Psycho freaking cybernetics. What is, for starters, can you explain to the Get Up Army, what is psycho cybernetics? Well, psycho cybernetics is a, a, a term that Dr. Maxwell Maltz, who is a plastic surgeon who operated on people who had been disfigured in, in the world wars, as well as people born with cleft lip or were in automobile accidents. That, that's the kind of uh, plastic surgery he was doing at the time. It was a new field, believe it or not. 
it wasn't what we think of today as plastic surgery, meaning, uh, you know, big, yeah, big yeah. or, or something else. And uh, <laughs> so, so he found out and discovered that when he changed people's faces, he changed their lives. That he altered, he was able to alter their psychology in a positive way by fixing disfigurements. But not every time. There were some people that he operated on, the surgery was successful. The person went from being unattractive to being attractive, but yet saw herself or himself as not. And this just blew him away. It, it, uh, it stunned him. And that put him on a path where he wanted to find out what's the difference, why? And it came down to one young lady named Helen, who said to him, I see the difference when he showed the before and the after. I see the difference, but I don't feel any different. Well, how is it you don't feel any different? And what he was able to ascertain was that people have internal scars. He can eradicate the external scar easily. <laughs> and, but there's only about 0.5% of the population who have an external scar that you remove this and they're gonna really look good. But what about the 99.5% who have internal scars? They don't have anything on the outside really that needs fixed, but internally, there's a whole ball of scars. They're, they're all over the place. And this is what he started to make his secondary mission, which then ended up becoming a whole life and career in and of itself. But psychocybernetics, the, the term cybernetics comes from the Greek, which means helmsman or somebody who is steering the ship to port. And so psychocybernetics is really the psychology of using your mind to steer yourself to a productive, useful goal that ultimately, most importantly, leads to peace of mind. This, in fact, is what Malt says is the primary objective. The primary objective of psychocybernetics is not to get rich, not to win championships and have all the trinkets and toys that create the illusion of success, but to actually have peace of mind. And one of the things that he said is, with it, you have everything. Without it, you have nothing. So you can be a billionaire, but you don't have peace of mind. What do you really have? And this is what drew me in because in my, as I wrote in the, in the uh, introduction to psychocybernetics was, I won the national championship as a junior in college. My senior year, I had, I had some uh, difficulties to say the least. Every time I took the mat, I had this incredible pressure of, I gotta win, I'm a national champion. I gotta defend my title. And I was successful in doing that for the first 14 mat matches of the year. I blew everybody away. But as the season progressed, the pressure got deeper and stronger. Everybody wants to beat you because you're the defending champion and so on. And I ended up taking fifth my senior year in the Nationals. And 
as a consequence of that, despite the fact that I had won a national title, I never thought about that. I blanked that out of my mind. And all I could think about was the fact that I had this disappointing finish as a senior. And I began to think of myself as a failure. When I moved to California and went into business as a personal fitness trainer, one of my first clients was a 57-year-old agent uh, and broker named Jack Gowan. And he and I used to talk about books all the time. We'd be talking about your books if, if it was, you know, if we could organize time somewhere. And, and I, I'd be reading all sorts of books and as I did all throughout college and so on. We'd talk about them because he would see the books on my desk. One day he asked me, have you ever read Psycho-Cybernetics? And this is in May of 1987. I said, no, what's that? How the hell could I have missed that? In all the years going to the bookstores, reading everything, I said, no, what's that? And his answer was, well, that's the Bible of self-development. Really? And then he started talking about self-image and people in sales and how they they're not performing well and they read this book and they do the exercises. They don't just read the book and then their sales skyrocket and so on. So I went down to the bookstore as soon as that session ended and I read that book and I devoured it. And it spoke to me on so many levels because I had forgotten when I was at my best. I blanked that out. I, I didn't think about it. You say, oh, that doesn't matter. And you, and you start focusing on your mistakes, your setbacks, your failures, your heartaches, and so on. So I started doing theater of the mind practices that he outlined in the book, including going back into the past and reliving, not just remembering, reliving my best matches and playing them out. Not just focusing on a goal in the future, but first putting fuel in my tank got to have fuel in your tank. And where's the fuel come from? It comes from positive memories from the past. So I'd go back and I'd relive them. And then I would take that energy from the past and insert it into the goal I have for the future. And all of a sudden, when I would go somewhere, I'd light up the room without saying a word. You see, Somebody, uh, I used to go to this water store to fill up five gallon jugs before they delivered it to you. And I go and this lady had said about me, every time this guy walks here, the whole place just lights up. I'm thinking, really? Huh? Or why? Didn't have a clue as to why. I was just doing the exercise. But that's what you talk about, you know, bringing light to the darkness. That's what happens when you, when you light up your brain by reviewing and reliving your positive memories, it lights up your brain and it starts to send out a positive aura everywhere you go. And you then start succeeding again. Because it's not that you'll never make a mistake or you'll never fail or anything. It doesn't mean that. But you're taking into the future your past experiences that are positive and they're basically a parade of soldiers that goes out in front of you and then it makes it way easier to succeed in the present because you've got the right vibe 
You see, I love, I love that we're talking about positivity because positivity gets a bad name. I said this all the time. So many people take positivity, think it's cupcakes, high fives, rainbows, and sprinkles. No, 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 no. Like positivity, it's an energy. It's powerful. It, it, it Success creates success. I believe that. And what I'm hearing you say, and from reading the book, is you're taking these, if I could break this down, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're taking whether it's tying your shoe and when you were a little kid and remembering what that feel of success was like, harnessing that, reliving that, refeeling that, that energy, that moment, and then kind of carrying that with you. And that can create even more success. Is that in a sense? It's correct. And one distinction I want to make that Dr. Maltz makes clear in the book, it's not positive thinking. Positive thinking is saying, I am a millionaire. I am rich. I am already this. I'm already that. No, this is positive remembering and positive reliving. It's mental imagery. So if you have positive words and statements that you're reciting to yourself or writing to yourself, that's more along the lines of positive thinking. And it can work, but only, this is the key, only if the images in your mind are congruent with the words, you see? So your images have to be of you winning, see? of you feeling your best, of you uh, feeling positive and so on. When you have that playing and then you add the words to it, you've got tremendous power. But if you have imagery in your mind that contradicts what you're thinking, it doesn't work. So well, let me that's the key. Okay. No, that that's great. That's great info, Matt. What so what um just to kind of popped into my head question, uh, you know, so many people um are big on vision boards and and really trying to create. Where do you stand on that? Vision boards are good. They're good because it's a, it, it's giving you a mental image. It's giving you a picture. It's not just words. You're going back to more of the prehistoric uh, use of the brain. Uh-oh, here we go. We're in the cave. Maybe we don't have much for language, but I draw a deer and an antelope and a buffalo on the cave and I show it to uh, all the other people in the tribe. They get it. They know what the job is, you see. So vision boards are very good, uh, but the ultimate vision board has got to be the one inside your own mind, inside your, inside your brain. So the vision boards can help trigger that, but it's gonna be, still going to be best when you take the time to picture. A, so you're looking at the image on the board, but then you close your eyes and then you picture it. It's not just looking at it. So, so, but many, many people have talked about the vision boards or the wheel of fortune and so on. I'm totally for it. Okay. And, and that's great to hear. I mean, I, I talk about vision a lot. I've written about it. I, I'm, I'm in the camp of you can't be it if you can't see it. Right. But what you're saying is there's a whole nother level to it where you need to feel it. You need to yes. not just see it. You got to harness that, that successful positive energy well if we go back to genesis god breathed life into adam see now somebody might think that's just a made-up story or an allegory or whatever 
First of all, I don't think so. But second of all, most importantly, it's a teachable moment. You see, what if you breathe life into your goals? You're a creator. God's a creator. God made you in his image to be a creator. And so you have a mental image of something you want to create. Well, breathe some life into it. Do the same thing the creator did. You're a creator. Follow the same idea. And that then, this, when, I, when I coach people on this and coach them through it, they're blown away. It, it takes the visualization to the quantum level. Oh, I it's, love uh, this is great. This is great. You're going into neuroscience here. I mean, this is a whole nother level of, well, okay. So, so let's, let me ask you this about the book itself. All right. The, yeah. the, you know, how is psycho cybernetics different than all these other books that are out there that have great messages that have positive reinforcement that encourage people? How, what, what makes this one different? What makes it stand out? Well, that is the fundamentally important question. And this is where I have to spend an inordinate amount of time up front with people because they've been taught principles that don't, that are not part of psychosedonics. For example, get out of your comfort zone. The whole book, Psychosybernetics, is to teach you to find your comfort zone and then let it organically expand. You see? So when I was starting as a personal trainer, I was not in my comfort zone because I was thinking about all my failures and setbacks and I didn't do that. I was uncomfortable. But then I went back and started reliving my previous successes. Man, now I feel comfortable. And now I'm starting to slide through life instead of bumping up against sandpaper everywhere I go. You see? So this is, uh, this is a, a big one. And then there's the whole idea of making people understand that there's two comfort zones because people go, oh, no, no, that's not true. When I, when I do this, when I do that, when I work out, I, I got to get out of my comfort zone. All right, so are you comfortable doing that? Yes. All right, end of story. Nobody does anything unless internally he or she is comfortable doing it, including if it's externally uncomfortable. So if you take the Lou Gehrig ALS, five gallon ice ice bucket challenge you see you take it and the people who do it they're they're a little nervous about it but they want to do it and then they dump this over their head and they're shivering and they're shivering and they're freezing and they're laughing so internally they were comfortable with the idea of doing something that would be physically uncomfortable Ah. The other people I'll say, all right, all these people talk about get out of your comfort zone. Said, have you done the five gallon ice bucket challenge? Oh no, why not? Oh, too cold, too cold. All right, so you're actually not even living what you claim you are. So that's that's one. Uh, another one is is this idea of taking massive action. Is uh, how many breaths do you get at a time? One. All right. No matter how fast you can walk or run, how many steps do you get at a time? One. Now let's say you get clever and you put both feet together and you jump forward to, to double the, the range. How many jumps do you get at a time? 
you get one. All right, so the idea of massive action is appealing because we wanna get going. We wanna get results fast. But the reality is you only get one step at a time. You only get one breath at a time. You only get one moment at a time. One day at a time is actually too big, too big a chunk. And if I can get you focused on taking one step, I can very easily get you to take the second one and the third one and so on. And I can do it in comfort and do it without creating anxiety or feeling of overwhelm or depression. When you think in terms of, oh, massive action, you actually are taking into your mind this idea of being anxious, being nervous, and, and not being calm. So that's the difference is I want people to have this mindset of the martial artist, the Shaolin monk. He's doing insane things and they're not easy, but he's doing them one step at a time. And he's doing them because inside he's comfortable with the idea of doing something that on the outside, might be painful. So that's the key. If, if you're uncomfortable inside, you're not gonna do something uncomfortable outside. But if you are inside, you'll do it. So that's, that's the difference. And, and there's other things as well. Um, the whole idea of thinking big and having huge goals and so on. It's, one, it's a wonderful idea, but momentum is more important. If you don't have momentum, and you have a gigantic goal that you set last night. You get up in the morning and now you're afraid that you can't achieve. And that's another one. Well, set goals that scare you. What? Wait a minute. Set goals that scare me. Why would I do that? So that I don't do anything? So I go into fight, flight, or fright? Or, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, fight, flight, or freeze. That's what happens when you're afraid. I don't want to set goals that scare me. I want to set goals that I know I can do and I will do because they're not so challenging that I stop myself. So give me 30 days in a row of X. Prove to me that you have an action goal. Not even a result goal, but a daily action goal, such as Maltz gives in the book. 21 days, do the exercise before you cast judgment. He's giving you an action goal. Give me 21 straight days, and I say 30, uh, but show me you can do something every single day for 30 days that you weren't doing before. If you can do that, you've started to take control of your brain and become the captain of the ship. You're telling your brain, I run you. But if you can't do that, if you don't have uh, a consistent plan of action that you're following on a daily basis, your brain is actually running you instead of the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be telling your brain what we're doing and it follows the orders. So those are, those are in a nutshell, four of, the, four of the big things that my job is to turn people around. And believe it, the success that they start getting is off the charts. Yet it seems that 
this is not the approach, the correct approach, because those other ones seem seem better, but they're not. And none of them, none of the ones I pointed out are in psychocybernetics. There's nowhere in the book that it tells you to set a gigantic big goal. There's nowhere it tells you to set a goal that scares you. There's nowhere that it tells you to take massive action. And there's nowhere that it tells you to get out of your comfort zone. It's actually the exact opposite. So what happens now is we're healing the mind instead of bludgeoning the mind. We're healing, it. we're making it stronger. We're getting into a state of momentum where one goal leads to the next and the next and the next, instead of this start stop. I did it for 10 days and then I fell out. See, this is why you don't go along with New Year's resolutions. See, instead of, instead of a New Year's resolution, give me one thing that you're gonna do every day for a year and never miss. I started with 30 days. Let's do it 30 days. But then when you've done it, all right, let's see you do it another month. And then you realize after three months of this, I'm making some progress. Why don't I just extend it for a year? I have a, I have a, a friend who uh, is making over $100,000 a month in sales. And I've been coaching the guy. And first goal was to get him to 50 grand a month. And then... Once he hit 50 grand, I told him, well, can you make another 50? I think I can do that. See, but if I gave him 100 grand out of the gate, he actually would go into fight, flight, or freeze. So now he's made 128 to 150,000 a month, five months in a row. And he asked me in a coaching call, he says, should I just eliminate that $50,000 goal? and just start with 100 or 150. You say, well, you can, but doesn't that 50 grand hitting that first give you momentum? Yes. Well, we don't want to take that away, do we? <laughs> Let's get momentum. And then when you're at 50, all right, upgrade. And then when you're at 100, upgrade. So now you've achieved three goals in the month instead of shooting for one, going into fight, flight, or freeze and not achieving it and then thinking to yourself, this process doesn't work. It does. You just have to, you have to put it together correctly. So you're saying these smaller attainable goals with smaller action steps are going to create more momentum, which is ultimately going to create more overall success, right? Because that big mo is hard to stop once it gets rolling. It's hard to stop. And that is exactly what I'm saying. When in getting back to your question on the martial arts, how is it you go into something completely new where you know you're going to fail, you know you're going to make a mistake, you know mistakes, you know you're starting all over again, you're a complete beginner. How do I do it? And my process is unbelievably simple. The first thing I do is I watch. I just sit and watch. And whether it's DVDs or live instruction, I sit and I watch and I do it over and over again. I might watch for a week or two weeks. And the reason is to fire the mirror neurons in the brain, a whole other subject. But the mirror neurons in the brain are telling me that I'm, that I'm actually doing what I'm watching, even though I'm not physically doing it. So I watch it. And then after watching it 
several times or several days in a row, there's something stirs inside me and says, now start practicing. So when I start to practice, I take a small chunk of the curriculum of what it is I'm supposed to learn. And I take this small chunk and I watch it frame by frame. Literally, I don't watch the whole thing and go, I don't know how to do that. Where do I start? Where do I go? I watch it and I say, all right, what is the first movement that the master makes? And then I watch it and then I work on that first move. Or right, what's the second move? The second move. All right, then what's the next thing I do? And I start learning that way. And guess what? I'm a super learner. I'm a speed learner when I use that process. It's unbelievably fast how compared to if I just watch the same thing over and over at, in real time at regular speed, put me in the remedial reading class because I can't learn it. I can't learn it when I watch it at regular speed. But when I watch it in slow-mo or frame by frame, man, put me at the head of the class. So I'm the dunce cap, I, you know, I got the dunce cap one with one method and I'm a genius in the other method. So remember and review what works, what works for me. Other people can watch something in real time and figure it out. Should I be them? No, I don't have to be them. Use my own method. Matt, I have I have some terrible news. And the terrible news is we're just about out of time. We need more time, damn it, here in the Get Up podcast because I know the Get Up Army wants more of this. But let me ask you this because I've, I've seen you do a stretch on your Instagram. And by the way, if you guys have an IG, go follow Matt Fury. It's F-U-R-E-Y. Go follow Matt Fury out there on Instagram. He's got some amazing videos. You do this one stretch. I would snap in half. It's incredible. But I, I, I'm sure like you are still as the, the president of Psycho Cybernetics Foundation, practicing this daily, what, what, are, what are some final words or thoughts you could give to the audience who've been listening for the last two episodes? It would just be re, to recap what I've been saying. Say, start small. See, everyone wants to start big because that's where they think the energy is. But it's an illusion. See, it's big energy initially, but if you see for, for a builder who builds multi-million dollar complexes, it's very easy for that builder to say, think big, let's go build this. See, but he's, he's been doing it. So it's very, it's not even thinking big in that person's eyes because he's already done it over and over again. But did he start with that? was the first thing he built this gigantic castle or something. No, it was something small. So this is the way I look at it is, is to, I, I have a poem I, that I wrote because it, it's another one of the things that I started doing as a martial artist. So you're really not a martial artist if you don't have something artsy, not just the, the art of the martial art, but can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Can you draw? Well, I can write poetry. So my saying is, if you think too big, you stumble on every twig. 
When you think small, you end up finding out you can have it all. And I have different versions of it that was a little bit longer. But if you think big, you stumble on every twig. When you think small, you realize you can have it all. I and it. This, doesn't mean, this doesn't mean think small is that I'm no good, I can't do anything. No, take the big goal and make it a daily goal. Turn it into a system. And then you, you build momentum and you realize that you can achieve incredible stuff. You can accomplish things that you never thought you could do before because you were wise enough to think the way a nuclear engineer does. See, it, this will be my last thing. Is uh, how was the atomic bomb created? Well, they split the atom. Oh, so they took the smallest particle, the smallest particle, and they split it in half. And that didn't make it weaker. It actually made it explosive. Hmm. Well, we should just ignore that when it comes to the powers of the mind. Let's just think big. So, no, let's split the atom. Let's microtize your thinking. And when you do that, you realize, my God, I, I've made so much progress. In one year, I accomplished this, 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 and this. In previous years, when I had all the big goals and I stopped myself, I didn't get anything done. And then the next year I set the exact same goals and the next year the same ones, and the next year the same ones. But when I just followed this journey of accomplishing a daily objective, my God, you look back and you say to yourself, I can't believe how much I did. I can't believe how much I accomplished. This doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't need to make sense, but it does mm. when, you, when you stop and think about it. I love that. It doesn't yeah. need to, but it does. <laughs> That's great. Yes, yeah, doesn't need to, but it does. Yes. Well, Matt, look, how how can people find you, reach out to you? You have your website, mattfury.com, I believe. Yes, I have mattfury.com. I have psycho-cybernetics.com. I, I assume you'll leave links for people in the, in the uh, afterwards. Post it in the video, yeah. Yes. Uh, on my Instagram, it's Matt Fury says, similar to Simon says. <laughs> and my YouTube channel, which I just started, uh, really putting stuff up about a little over a month ago, is also Matt Fury says. So join those and get on my email list at my at my two different websites and and get you hooked up and and make sure you got a copy of Psycho Cybernetics in your library that that you not only read, but you bookmark and you make notes in the margins. And, you know, Vince Lombardi, the guy who won the first two Super Bowls for the Green Bay Packers, his son, after Vince passed away, his son found the book in his, in his bookcase. And the whole thing was highlighted, dog-eared, marked up, notes written in the margins, and so on. What See, so that copy it, it tells you it's been around a while, but it's still, it's, it's a classic. And it's, it's a book that you got to read again and again, or in your case, listen, or in the people who don't read, <laughs> what did you call them, the illiterates or whatever? <laughs> Out on Audible, baby. We're on Audible. Yeah, get it on, get it on Audible, or if you want the book in your hands, then get that on Amazon.com. Great stuff. 
Great stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking or listening or both to a world martial arts champion, an NCAA champion, and a champion of the mind, the president of the Psycho Cybernetics Foundation. Unbelievable. Matt, thank you so much for spending some time and just sharing the gifts that you've acquired and all the, the success, because I, I'm sure that's going to be helping a lot of people just really reevaluating how to how to move forward with their futures. And that's what this is all about here. So thank with you, that, Mark. It's been a pleasure. This has been great. So, ladies and gentlemen, get up, Army. Get swinging, baby. Go follow Matt Fury everywhere. Psycho Cybernetics everywhere. And we're going to be back next week with another banging episode of the Get Up Podcast. Can't stop, won't stop. Hey, for Matt Fury, this is Mark Hayford. I'm always in your corner.